Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Over the next hour, you'll hear what's going on in the sports world from a Christian's perspective. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel III. This is a special Hall of Fame best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Today's program will feature interviews with Hall of Fame NFL coach Tony Dungy, Country Western Trio Runaway June, Team USA Olympic gold medalist swimmer Amy Van Dyken, and Hall of Fame NFL coach Marv Levy. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. Or follow Roman on Twitter at SoldOut41. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III talking with Hall of Fame NFL coach Tony Dungy. This, so you, this is the actual scripture in the this page? We, we want, no, Tom took me through Nehemiah. It was two years when I was an assistant coach. We met every Monday and went through Nehemiah and we talked about biblical principles of leadership and he just kept saying, you're going to be a head coach one day and you're going to use this. And uh, Here's the scary thing, though. When you invited me to come to Indianapolis, this is what you had on. Oh, I know. I know. I, I know. I you had that shirt. You had that going, and that was going. And I mean, the whole deal was you. Now, how many times did you wear those? So how many pairs of those do you have? Oh, we probably had six or seven pair. Yeah. And what but those were our, that was our... Just the khaki deal yeah. was the deal, huh? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But the story, the story about um, about Donnie Shell is amazing. He was, I mean, it was to turn me around. You know? so I'm thinking this guy's going to teach me how to play the position and everything, and it was er everything else that made the difference. You got time for three questions with me? Uh, yeah. Yep. Hold on to that right there. This is perfect, perfect place to have it. We're in front of, we're in front of what you have donated to the Hall of Fame, Coach. Ten years ago, we got together and sat down, and at the end of that interview, you told me when you were done with coaching, you had things that you wanted to accomplish. Over ten years later, you're getting ready to go into the Hall of Fame. Tell me about what you have accomplished and what your expectations have been since then to where you are today. Well, I really did a lot of ministry kind of on a national level, but I wanted to do something specific. I wanted to be involved in something in my hometown, so I have been able to do that. I've worked with All Pro Dad, which has been awesome, uh, but my wife and I have been reading to elementary schools in Tampa, um, talking to kids about the importance of learning about education, but growing up the right way and honoring the Lord, and it's been uh, neat to be able to take Christian books into the public schools and uh, talk to kids about the Lord. Your players are going to be here on Saturday. Many of their players from Tampa, from Indianapolis, people, friends that you mentioned uh, your speech tonight that were people you grew up with. Of course, Donnie Shell was a guy who was a great mentor to you in a time where you really needed to get right with the Lord. So many people think about your experiences with your players. And you told me so much about just how important it was for you to teach your players to be great husbands, to be great parents, and to be a part of the community and that, that was expected. How's it gonna be at the whole other side of this when they come and you see your players for the first time here? It's gonna be very emotional because 
that was what we talked about all the time. That was the message. And to see these guys now, many of them retired out of football, but putting those things into practice and uh, what's going on in their marriages, what they're doing in, in their community life. Um, Derek Brooks has a charter high school and just working with young people. Um, to see that and, and see these guys, I know it's going to be emotional. Many people, when they go in the Hall of Fame, that's kind of like the icing on the cake for a football career in the NFL. But we all know that you look at football differently. Tell me about what this really means for you now and moving forward. I'm thrilled and proud to be in the Hall of Fame. It's one of those uh, honors that you could never even dream about. But I really feel like the Lord has given me many more things. And as excited as I am about that, I just think it serves as a platform to tell people about the Lord. It's not the end all. Um, it's not the most important thing. My mom, and I'm going to quote her in my speech, um, oh, one of her favorite Bible verses, what, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? So to be able to tell people, I understand that, and I, I'm appreciative of how great this honor is, but I don't want to do it at the cost of forfeiting my soul. Your family's here with you. Tell me about what that's going to be like. I heard, I heard your wife say tonight that we got here together. Yeah. Tell me about tell me about your family being here with you and just just the whole ride that you've been on to this point in your journey. Well, it's going to be awesome. You know, married 34 years. My my wife was a coach's wife for 27 years. My kids grew up with it. Uh, the ups and downs, the disappointments, the highs and lows. They went through it all, and we do. We feel like we're here together. Coaches, if you were to talk to a young football player like you were coming out of college from a small school, getting the opportunity to play in the NFL. What would you tell young players today about what a career should look like? I would tell them to make sure you work as hard as you can to be the best you can be, but don't, as my coach Chuck Knoll told me, don't make football your life. If you make football your life, you're going to leave the game disappointed. Uh, make football an avenue to your life and what you want to do. Make sure you're serving the Lord, and then no matter when you leave the game, after one year, five years, 15 years, you're not going to be disappointed. I heard something about you the other day uh, from a gentleman that works with you at NBC that said that you've probably had more impact on his life by just being around you on the set. You didn't have to do television and go to NBC because it takes a great commitment to do that, but it keeps around football. But tell me about how you've used that to, again, be a mentor or to someone to make a difference in other people's lives. Well, when I, I played... I wanted to be a Christian player, and when I coached, I wanted to be a Christian coach. Now I'm an analyst. I want to make sure I'm a Christian analyst. So my spiritual side and representing the Lord has to come first, no matter what I'm doing. And that's what I've tried to do at NBC. I want to do a good job there. We've had fun, but um, I want to represent Christ. How emotional is it going to be when you get called up there to give that 13-minute speech you talked about? I am, I'm really looking forward to it now. I'm cool and calm and collected, but I know it's not going to be that way. Uh, too many thoughts are going to be racing through my mind. Too many people, too many people that the Lord has put in my path to help me. Uh, it's, it's going to be overwhelming, I'm sure. Final question. Ten years ago, you won a Super Bowl championship. We talked about the fact that you were the first African-American coach to win that championship, but I remember you saying something else, that you were a Christian coach first. Tell me about looking back to that night of winning that championship, 
of what that meant and what it means today? It, it really was great to compete against Lovey Smith, to know that he was leading his team the same way, same Christian principles, and we could show the football world that you can get to the top of that profession or any profession honoring the Lord and doing it the right way. So uh, as I look back 10 years, um, that was the message then and it's still the message now. God bless you, buddy. Thank I appreciate you. it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I so appreciate proud it. Of you, man. I'm looking you. forward to seeing it. You're listening to a special Hall of Fame Best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with country western trio Runaway June. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. Or follow Roman on Twitter at SoldOut41. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. We're at Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame game. All of Fame week. It's been a tremendous week with so many cool things going on. But this is cool, too. Tim McGraw, great concert Saturday night tonight. And uh, these young ladies, Runaway June, uh, Naomi Cook, Hannah Mulholland, and Jennifer Wayne are going to be opening for Tim McGraw. They have an album coming up very soon. Uh, we have a lot of fans of Country Western. So uh, tell us about why you guys are here and about opening for Tim McGraw. Well, we could not be more excited. This is actually going to be our biggest show that we've played together so far. And we're huge football fans, huge Tim McGraw fans. So it's like the perfect combination. <laughs> and Faith Hill, big Monday Night oh Football, yes. the whole deal, right? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so tell me about, uh, tell me about your, your situation. You're coming out with a new album. When does that come out? We hope soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're working, working on, on it, it now. now. Yeah, so we have our single is out for sale now and okay. out to radio, and we're hoping that probably in the beginning of the year we'll be able to release the full length. Runawayjune.com, would that be the place yeah, to get right. it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's runawayjune.com to check yes. them out. I read up on them. So you're Nashville young ladies. Of course, that's pretty obvious for Country Western, a lot of people in Nashville. So tell me how you guys got your start. Well, we're, we're all from different places. Um, two of us are from California. One of us is from Florida. And we all really love songwriting and uh, moved to Nashville. And we met about two years ago and got together in the writer's room and um, really fell in love with each other and fell in love with the music we were writing. And now here we are. So bluegrass, <laughs> country western, would that be right to say when I was reading yeah, a little there, bit? There's, uh, there's elements of, of all in that um we have you know we we like to say you know we're we're modern women living in a modern time so our music sounds modern but we all have um hearts for real traditional country and so that really shines through in our music um there's bluegrass elements there's um real real instrument sounds there's not a lot of synthetic sounds we have uh real alive band in all of our music so it's got that kind of rootsy kind of modern organic cool cool so so tell me about country western's changed an awful lot i mean i know over the years from what it used to be and it seems like there's a little bit of room for almost any kind of style as long as you can do it well so where do you guys see yourself fitting in in the future i mean there seems like group acts have become really popular you know in the last five to ten years especially in country western Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, there is a lot of space, and it's it's been really cool because there's been a lot of growth in country music, I feel like, lately, maybe the last 10 years, where there's you can be almost pop country, you can be really organic country, you can be roots folk. I mean, there's just so much room there. Um, so I think for us, we kind of have a little bit of a combination of, of everything, just all the things that we love to listen to. So we're hoping that we'll fit somewhere somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we're here with Naomi, Hannah, and Jennifer from Runaway June. They are going to be opening for Tim McGraw. So, okay, you guys have done some stuff, but uh, this is the big time, right? Why not? At Hall of Fame, Canton, Ohio, where the greatest football players congregate for yeah. one week of celebration, you're going to be getting up and opening for a guy who, uh, in football terms, is a superstar, right? <laughs> yes. He is. Huge superstar. Yes. He's, now, have uh, you met him? We yet? haven't met oh, him. Oh, you we haven't, haven't even okay. met him. No. Actually, we ran into um, some of his band members last night at the same restaurant that we were we were at. So that's as close as we've gotten. All right. So tell, tell me what expectations are. I mean, are you guys, I mean, I know when you talk to athletes, they get nervous before big games. This is probably your biggest gig yet right i mean so tell me about how you guys are going to feel and this is going to be a big crowd coming in front of somebody who obviously has set the tone for male country western singers for a long long time so tell me what this is going to be like for you guys well as far as expectations i expect a marriage proposal immediately (laughs) and i'll probably like dip out We don't, oh, that's going to be fun. We don't really, I mean, you really, for something this exciting and big, you know, for a baby act, it's you really don't know exactly, with any show, everything's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. Things happen that you don't expect. So we just really don't know what to expect fully, but we're just going to have fun and, you know, just bring it like we like we normally do and uh, just just try to we i want to remember it (laughs) so all three very quickly tell me how how music became such a big part of your life and why why uh you got into this oh gosh i think it's just been in my blood Uh, i love music i love writing i moved to nashville 10 years ago to be a writer and um that's my home now cool cool yeah i've been singing since i was in the womb probably yeah um but uh yeah i also moved to nashville to be an artist and a songwriter and i've been singing and playing guitar since I was nine. Um, so it's it's always been what I wanted to do. I, I remember from a little kid knowing that this is what I wanted. So it's, it's happening now. It's really cool. exciting. Yeah, and for me, I started, I've always known that it's what I, wanted, what I wanted to do. So I started writing music and performing when I was probably six years old. So I've always known that that's what I wanted to do for my career and just performed as much as I could. And uh, a couple years ago, which just really was craving that songwriting community, and then that's how I got to Nashville. Well, we do a youth program called Sold Out for Junior High and High School Students. It's actually a character alcohol abstinence program, and we talk to a lot of young ladies that obviously the opportunities for young ladies today are amazing, mm-hmm. and they share with us their dreams and goals. And there are a lot of students out there who listen to what we do, and, and we have an opportunity to share people like yourselves that have have come to reach that dream and goal in their life if you had to say one thing to somebody a teenage girl or a guy that's that wanted to get into the music business or what do they want to do what's the one thing you would say in terms of how to get there um gosh i don't think that there's just one particular way to get there but i would just say don't ever give up Mm -hmm. um that for me has been my thing i think if you're the last one standing you're gonna make it in some way Mm -hmm. well perseverance is key and that's it's really the same thing i would say too is, is don't give up it's um it's it's saturated lately um and there's so many people trying to do the you know the same thing but in the music business i think 
um, you move to town into Nashville and there's so many people wanting to do the same thing so you find a lot of camaraderie there um, but just don't give up work really hard be early to everything and show your eagerness don't be afraid to be eager and show it now when I talk to football players and athletes we ask them about what they do which is obviously important their profession they want to be great at what they do but we also talk a lot about platform, about using the platform that God-given abilities that you have to impact other people's lives. Tell me about some of the things that you guys dream about doing using your stardom and opportunity to help others. Oh, my gosh. I think all of yeah. us have a heart have for um, charity. And I, I'm a huge animal lover, so I'd all love right. to start a dog rescue one day. Oh, cool. And um, that's my dream. Awesome. I have a really big heart for children. I'm one of 11 kids, and um, I have six brothers and sisters below me. Um, I grew up really, really poor, and I just have a heart for, for you know, homeless families and children in need, and so I, I really I can't wait to do more with that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have a heart for, for both animals and children. That's Those are always the charities that I donate to every year and every month. So um, I think I... Um, just yeah helping helping children in need like what Naomi said and and being able to really also see it too I hope to be able to travel and and really be more hands-on runaway June is with us they're going to open for Tim McGraw here at the Hall of Fame in Canton Ohio Naomi Cook Hannah um, Holland and Jennifer Wayne are with me and you know one of the things I've noticed in meeting some of the country western stars and also seeing the closeness they, they seem to have a different vibe than other genres. They seem to take care of each other, they like each other, and they seem to help out each other in what you were talking about. So it seems like for what you guys want to do, Country Western's a pretty good thing because it seems to me that they really do care about family, really do care about community, and it's more than just themselves. They seem like they're Mm -hmm. very unselfish, many of these superstars, and Tim McGraw being one of them and his wife, Yeah, that's very true. I think we talk about this a lot, actually. I, I feel like in our format, mostly there's a lot of camaraderie and there it's a very small community everybody kind of knows each other um and there's a lot of people who make it so to speak that turn around and reach a hand out for others who are on their way up and we see that a lot more than than not and um you know once you once you meet someone they're always you know willing to help you um i mean we have a lot of stories like that so it's yeah, and also I think that that's what country music is. It's about family, and it's values. about life, it's about love, values. And so if you're in country music, that's what you believe in. And you know? what's almost expected with, with the way that these superstars have set the tone and set the bar for mm-hmm. a really high uh, expectation yeah. outside of music. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, we look up to Tim McGraw, we look up to Garth Brooks. You look at people like that who have just changed so many people's lives and who are so gracious and nice people and that's what that's what we hope okay so we wouldn't let you go without talking a little bit of football so let's (laughs) let's see who your favorite teams are you told me you went to university of southern california i'm with you i grew up in southern cal so you're a trojan right i'm a trojan and actually my grandpa played football oh is that right yeah uh, well, his, my grandpa's John Wayne, but oh, his name right? was Marion Morrison at the time, so he played he played football. For well, them. let me tell you a little story how small the world is. My father <laughs> played 17 year th- years in the NFL with the Rams and the Eagles and did a movie called The Undefeated with John Wayne. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that something? That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. They, uh, in fact, when I was about uh, 10 years old, we they did it on set in Mexico, and I actually had the opportunity to ride Holy his horse. Crap. And no. take a picture with no John way. Wayne when yeah. I was a kid. Oh, you know so what I'll do? Cool. Give me your email address. I'll send you the picture. Oh, it's so totally cool. off. My dad, so cool. my dad loved John Wayne. Aww. 
And when John Wayne asked him to do the movie, he actually played his Indian son in this movie, which is hard to believe. My dad, 6'3", and about 230 pounds. So uh, it was he and Rock Hudson and uh, uh, and many others, but it was a a spaghetti western. Wow. Uh, So small world, small (laughs) world. That is a small world. Now, now who's your favorite team? I like the Green Bay Packers. The Pack? Okay, so Brett Favre going in. I know. Is is he around here? You're going to get to meet him. him. Yeah, he's coming in soon. (laughs) When? In uh, about, uh, let's see, 15 minutes? You should remove her for his protection. Well, then you need to, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be in good shape. How about I your really team? I want to see him. Um, my team's the 49ers, just based. That's, the Niners. That's always been my dad's team. So. Well, I know Steve Young's here. I know Jerry Rice is here. I know Eddie DeBarlow, who went in, who's the owner of those five championships, is here. He's that's just getting awesome. inducted. So we got a lot of Niners in town. Uh, awesome. So the good news is, is all those teams are here to support, and then you got the Colts and the Packers playing. So yeah. this awesome. is going to be really cool. Big yeah. crowd and a lot of fun. You guys couldn't have picked a better year to open up for Tim McGraw at the I Canton know. Hall. Have you been in the hall yet to we see have. it? We have. We have. They gave, a us a, they gave us a private concert back in June. Uh, concert. A private tour cool. um, in June. It was really nice. Well, this is Naomi. Hannah and Jennifer, they're Runaway June. They're going to open for Tim McGraw. I hope you'll go to runawayjune.com and you'll check their music out. I'm looking and forward to it. We have a single called Lipstick out there that you okay. can buy on iTunes. So okay, iTunes. Go get you a copy. Go get a copy. Yeah. So we know they love football, so they're qualified to be here. That's the good news. Hey, we got to listen. This is a sports show. Go we got right to qualify. I got to hold you guys yeah. accountable on this. Well, listen, congratulations on your success so far Thank with you. the new album. Thank you. With Tim McGraw, that's going to be fun. And you guys uh, have a great time, and we'll look forward to hearing Thank a lot you. more are you from you. Are coming to the show tonight? We are going to come to the show tonight. Yeah. Well, this is, again, runawayjune.com. Check it out. Check out Lipstick on iTunes, and uh, we'll get look forward to seeing you guys perform and, and have a great time. When we come back, more from Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Welcome back to a special Hall of Fame Best of Edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Team USA Olympic gold medalist swimmer Amy Van Dyken. Visit FSPN.net for faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. Or follow Roman on Twitter at SoldOut41. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. I enjoy talking to football players. That's cool, coaches. But I got someone special, my favorite kind of guest, which is a sportswoman athlete. Amy Van Dyken, the six-time Olympic gold medalist. You know her from the Olympic Games in Atlanta, as well as Australia. Was that Austria? Believe it. That was Australia. a long time ago. Yeah. Australia, yeah. Multiple winner. But you know what I love about Olympic athletes? I was just saying this to your agent who came in. And I have a lot of uh, winter Olympic athletes on, too. Right. It's so much different than professional athletics because it's not so much about the money. It's about a lifetime dream. It's about overcoming obstacles, and it's about the opportunity to represent your country, which I find to be just like the military. I've had a lot of those guys in here today. So tell me about your memories, even as far removed as we are from your Olympic experience. Probably not that far, but tell tell me about that and about that experience and about today what it's helped you to accomplish. It was an amazing experience. To represent your country um, is very cool. To do it at the Olympics is amazing. Um, To be able to say that I'm an Olympic champion for my country, so cool. But 
you know, you talk about what happened today. You know, for people who don't know, I was in a, an ATV accident seven months ago and um, basically uh, saw the light and my husband found me. I wasn't breathing and he, wow. it took about four minutes to get me to breathe. Um, and then went to the hospital and they said, you know, one of your vertebrae is right against your aorta. So say goodbye to your husband. So I did. And I said, you can date again. And I hope that he still knows that wow. it's it's not still on the table. Well, I thought you said he was right? out there somewhere. Right. Yeah, right. Looking for a tall blonde, there right? You go. <laughs> but, you know, to, to go through what I've been through there and to equate it to the Olympics, it's not very similar except for I know how to overcome obstacles. Right. I know how my mind works. And I know that my mind can tell my body to do just about anything. And, you know, you say, I walk through hell with a smile on my face. So maybe your Monday morning meeting isn't really as bad as you right. think it is. So it's to give perspective. Amy Van Dyke, an Olympic swimming athlete. And uh, tell me about the accident in terms of just what it's taken to overcome it. Obviously, as an Olympic athlete, you said it. You know, setbacks are something that you deal with. This is a little more serious, but tell me about some of the opportunities that maybe God has given you through this opportunity. Well, it's been amazing. Um, I'm an ambassador for the Reeve Foundation, who obviously they're looking for a cure for spinal cord injury, as well as working with Cure Paralysis Now, who is also trying to do the same thing. Um, but I was sitting in the hospital at Colorado, and here's a bunch of paraplegics, a bunch of quadriplegics. You're told you're never going to walk again, or you're going to sit in a chair for the rest of your life and not move or feel anything. Oh, by the way, in order to take a shower, you need this special chair that costs $2,500, and insurance may not pay for it. So there's a statistic out there that says that when you're newly injured, that first year can cost up to a million dollars in medical bills alone that you will have to take care of. So I formed the Amy Van Dyken Foundation. We've wow. got an arm, uh, an arm of it is Amy's Army, and you can find us at amyvandyken.org. And okay. what we do is we provide necessary medical equipment to people with spinal cord injuries who cool. can't afford it through their own means or insurance. Because you hear about these people who go in the backyard and hose themselves off once a week, and that's right. a shower. That's not cool. So I feel that's my calling, right. right? I feel that this happened to me for a reason. And I know my husband looks at it and says, we shouldn't have you know, been riding yeah, the ATVs. Yeah. This would have happened. But that's if what I a was, husband would say. Of course. But this was supposed to happen. It was going to happen no matter what. It could have happened when I was playing golf, right? It just so happened it was an ATV accident. Amy Van Dyken, I'm, it's, give me the website again because I'm going to spell your name. All right. It's amyvandyken.org. Okay, A-M-Y-V-A-N-D-Y-K-E-N.org. So you know how to get there. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a mental health situation or physical or an accident. The bottom line is, is you have the same emotional needs. And, you know, as a Christian, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time, that we don't know what we would do without God in this life. It's just such a tough life. And for people to go through it without that comfort is what gives you that heartache for people. And obviously this has given you a purpose and you have a heart for people who are suffering. And in this world today, that's so needed. Yeah, it truly is. And, and a lot of people just look at their day and they get so down about their coffee wasn't right or whatever. You've got to smile about it. Like yeah. every day is a blessing and you have to look at it that way and look at it like you don't know what's around the corner, right? So a lot of us don't tell our loved ones that we love them because we want to hold it. Oh, I'll tell them later. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up. I'll tell my husband then. Tell them now because you don't know what is going to happen. So that's kind of given me that freedom, I guess, if you will, to be able to do that and to tell people how I feel, which I think is awesome. And by the way, speaking of Valentine's Day, I gave you some ice cream. Yeah, Coastal right? and Creamier. I, you know, I lived in Phoenix for 10 years and when they started this oh. company. And it is, it is to die for. If you're going to die of something, this is the thing to do. 
Stone Cold Creamy. So what, yeah. show me what you're doing with them. So, well, we're getting ready for Valentine's Day, and I want to tell you, you guys always mess it up. And I'm so sorry. We do. You do. And and you try so hard, but but inevitably you mess it up, right? <laughs> wait, wait. i got to make sure my wife's not missing <laughs> the show. <laughs> well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to coldstonecakes.com. We have got a cake for you. It's a heart-shaped cake, red velvet cake. Wow. You're also going to have sweet cream ice cream as well as fudge truffle ice cream. It gets better. Covered with chocolate ganache. <laughs> See, here's your right. here's, here's the problem for me. Since okay. ice cream is my weakness, yes, is that she wouldn't be surprised if she opened it up and it was gone. Right. That I ate it. <laughs> so this may be a serious problem for me. It may be, but that but the thought that's what it. Well, she thought. has me losing weight, so I've okay. cut down on my ice cream intake. But you know what? I'm gonna for one day forget about that. Yes. And maybe we'll take advantage. I've already had one, by the way. Oh, good. This sweet cream bar that they make so is really awesome. Good. Do you know what weight I would be if I was representing an ice cream company? <laughs> I would be I would be about 500 pounds. Right. I mean, I might eat myself to death. Yes. I mean, I'm talking about half gallon here i'm not right. talking about this i'm talking just going through i'm the guy who you know i don't know about your husband yeah. i'm watching cv late at night getting the tall cup yep. ice cream milk granola anything i can find in there to put in there stirring it up and eating it oh yes so that's but yeah. see it's good and you need to do that because here's the thing my last meal could have been trout and steamed broccoli like how boring <laughs> is that no you need to make your last meal count people i'm with six-time olympic gold medalist amy van dyken and um you have a husband who's pretty famous too. Tom Ruin is a kicker for the Denver Broncos. Played in two of these Super Bowls, so he's got to be a, a kind of a great partner because you guys like to work hard, and yeah. I know he's an athlete. Yeah. So I would think that this challenge that you're having, he's been a big help. He really has, absolutely. He's there every single day, and he's there for a sh as a shoulder to cry on, and he's there to help me if I fall out of my chair to get me back up. Yeah, he's absolutely amazing, and. You know, you talk about inspiration, and I've heard people use that with me. He's the inspiration. Right. Like, he's the reason that I wake up every day. Well, you hit the nail on the head for people who have handicap situations. Is The spouse is very important because yes. if they can be that caretaker, which is tough for them. And I know that they have help groups for, you know, my, my, my wife's sister has Alzheimer's. And her husband's really struggling, and they, they're trying to get him to go to an Alzheimer's class yeah. so that he can learn that a lot of the things she's doing aren't to irritate, but they're just the disease. Right. Uh, but right. I, when I look at that and I think about spouses, that's really critical. How long have you guys been married? We have been married 14 years. Wow. Yeah, so okay. I kind of like him. Plus, it's you like a puppy, right? Like, yeah. you know, I've got him trained. Like, why, why get a new puppy? Right. Yeah. You, well, my wife would say that too, but yeah. I don't want to give her any reason to have to dump me off because right. after 21 years, she's definitely been the winner in this. I've been the winner. Let's put it that way. Right. Well, getting That's back awesome. to faith, family, and sports, our network is all about that. Right. You know, I've been asking NFL players this week to answer this question, and, and I seem to get great answers, so I'm going to stick with it. Tell me what faith, family, and sports means to you in your life, in the swimming pool and out. Faith, family, and sports is sports, right? I mean, that is the Olympics. You have to have faith, you know, because God gave you the gift to do what you are doing. Family, you need family to help you get to where you're going as well as you need your faith in order to do that as well. And you know, sports, that's what it's all about, right? So I, I just think that this is a great network. It is very cool. Not a lot of people, like when I tell people I saw the light, they kind of start shaking. <laughs> oh, God, she didn't say. Are you in a oh, cult? Oh, she didn't say that, right? But, like, you know, with you, it, you can be open. And, yeah. and that's what I think is so lovely about it. So, well, most people you. have a faith need. They yes. just don't know it. And our job is to 
create that situation where you can meet it. Right. And what we're excited about, about and have been doing for a long time, we just kind of said, let's put this into a network, is covering faith-based stories and family-based stories because we believe that that's what the fans want to hear. Yeah. They're kind of tired of statistics. I mean, I like the fact that you break records, but if you hear that for 87 hours of coverage on NFL Network about every stat boring. about the NFL, boring. boring. So when we talk to players like we talk to you and we ask them faith-based questions, their eyes get wide and they want to talk because it's their passion. Well, and also, there's so many negative stories that are out there right now that are being circulated. We don't really hear about the good stories. There are more good stories than bad stories, but we seem to focus on the bad ones, like the deflated footballs. Right. Who cares about that, right? Like, let's focus on some of the positives that are going on. You no, know, but I will say this, though. It would be so funny if either Bill Belichick or Tom Brady played a joke on the media and they asked him the question, like, tomorrow, and he just broke down crying and said, okay, I did it. You, are you happy? I did it. It was Tom's fault. He gave me the idea. Right. Could you imagine the press of 500 people, what the response would be to that after asking that question yes. for two weeks? I know that they're telling the truth. They're, right. they're keeping something from me. <laughs> We're here at Super Bowl 49 with Amy Van Dyken. And, Amy, besides the records and the Olympic gold medals, what I want to hear is, is what a lot of fans, I think I think about a lot of times because I love the Olympics. And there have been some incredible swimmers, and there are now. They, it seems like Team USA is in pretty good shape for the future. And you guys kind of paved the way for that. Tell me a story for the Olympics that most people maybe not have not heard that was a special time for you in terms of something that happened. Doesn't have to be huge, but it can be something where you just say, you know what, this is what I remember. It's really funny. Amanda Beard, who everyone knows now, she's a you know multiple-time gold medalist and whatever. Um, she was 14 at the time, and we were getting ready to do a relay. And she looks at me and she goes, Amy, I've never done a relay. And I'm like, are you, you're, you're kidding me, right? She goes, no, I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to yell ready, and then I'm going to scream go. And when I say go, <laughs> even if it doesn't look like you're supposed to go, go. So we're up there. The swimmer's coming in. I scream go. The media goes nuts. We win the gold medal because the media is now asking me, you are so supportive of Amanda Beard, like just cheering her on. <laughs> and I said, yes, I know. We, you know. we love each other. Literally, they did not know that I literally was telling her That's to funny. go. <laughs> so it's kind of like an all-star thing. You know, used to being an individual, and then she's fast, so you put her on the team to relay, yep. and she'd never done it? Never. She's 14 wow. years old, right? I mean, and so what did, how did you guys do? We won. We won. Yeah. Gold yeah. medal. Yeah, we did. That's all you know is gold medals. I shouldn't right. even ask that. Right. Hold your hold this up to the camera for me right uh, here. You like that? Is that not cool? I like that. That's what I like yeah. about simulcasting is we get to see stuff. Yeah, you get but to that's see really, the fun stuff. That's so. really cool. And here's the yeah. other thing. We're going to see this again. Right. Now, our, the cold, Stone Cold Creamy thing for Valentine's Day, have you talked to them about helping you out with what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. What are they, are they going to do something with you? To every, well, now that you put the pressure on, now I they am, absolutely Because that's will. a natural. Right. Absolutely. They care about people or they wouldn't make ice cream. Yeah, right? Ice I know cream they care about me because <laughs> if, if there was an award for uh, Karen, it, I would right. be caring the most. Ice cream is love, everybody. <laughs> Just remember that. Amy Van Dyken, six-time Olympic gold medalist. Tell me very quickly, where are we going? What are you looking to do here as you move forward? Um, right now, I, I would love to be able to walk. If not, I want to help people um, and, and help them live the best life that they can live, be it getting equipment for them or, you know, letting them know that their day is not as bad as they thought it was and to live every day to the fullest. That's where we're going. Amy Van Dyke and Amy, thanks for coming on Sold Out. Thank you. Appreciate you right here on the Face Sports Network. I tell you, we're having a great time at Super Bowl. Make sure you, you check her out at amyvandyken.org. 
You're listening to a special Hall of Fame best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Hall of Fame Buffalo Bills coach Marv Levy. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. Or follow Roman on Twitter at SoldOut41. And we are appreciative of this man who's coming in. He's a guy that I really enjoy and appreciate because during my football career, I played for him in the Senior Bowl back in 1982, and it was one of those great experiences that you never forget. And he put, of course, Buffalo Bills head coach, four Super Bowl appearances, but more importantly, just a guy who, when we talk about on this program, faith and family, when we talk about a guy of character, uh, no better than this one, Marv Levy. Coach, how are you? Roman, just a pleasure to be with you. It's been a long time ago since that senior bowl game, but uh, I do remember it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Great to talk with you again. You know what, Coach? Every time I watch the senior bowl and I look at that stadium, that really hasn't changed except it's not grass anymore. Uh, I think about that game and about that week, and uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but there wasn't one good day of practice. It was about 30 degrees and sleet and rain every day, so we never really got a good practice in until Friday. But uh, it was a great experience for me, and I still see a lot of guys from that team. All good. That's great. (laughs) Good deal. Well, Coach, talk about for me just all the Super Bowls that you've been to and is the growth of this game has just been absolutely incredible when you think about what this has become. I mean, when you were in this game, it was huge, but it's it's almost it's almost gotten to the point where it's, it's an incredible entertainment piece that just gets bigger and bigger. Well, it, it does, I'll tell you, and uh, I've come back to several even since we played in them uh, 10 or 12 years ago, and uh, the hoopla around the game keeps growing and growing. Uh, uh, all of the build-up to it grows. But, uh, you know, for the, if you're a participant in the game, which uh, which we were with the Buffalo Bills, uh, you're a, a bit isolated from it. Not completely, not by a long shot. It can be distracting. But it, it, but the people walking the streets and the people in media row, it's a different experience by a lot from what the players are experiencing. Coach Marv Levy, I call him coach because he was my coach at the 82 Senior Bowl. He's here with us, Buffalo Bills world champion uh, in my mind because you know coach when I think about the accomplishment of those Buffalo Bills teams going to four Super Bowls in a row uh, I know that obviously you would have liked to have won them all or even won one or two of those things but when you think about what that team accomplishment and the character of that club it's a very memorable group of guys isn't it well it certainly was and uh, all good football fans know that we went to those four consecutive Super Bowls of from the 1990, 91, 92, 93 season. Didn't win any of them, but I might point this out. Sure, we would love to be able to say now that we walked off the field with a victory. Uh, we can't change what uh, what did occur, but those players were of such high character that after the devastation of each of those losses, they didn't lie down and quit. They didn't give up. They went back to the very hard work it takes to get there again in order to seek what proved to be the impossible dream. So I remember them fondly. In fact, I have visited with several of them here this week with uh, uh, Jim Kelly and James Lofton and Steve Tasker, great guys on the team, to mention just a few. Coach, when I think about where the game's gone to today, the pass-happy league that we're in and, and offenses and quarterbacks throwing for four and 5,000 yards and records being broken this year like Drew Brees breaking Marino's record, 
I think about the Buffalo Bills as a team that really set the tone, even though the rules were a little bit different. Your <laughs> club plays a lot like this this offenses today play. Well, you know, Roman, you're right. We we uh, began the very fast-paced, no-huddle uh, type of offense, two-minute drill style of offense. We had a very balanced attack, but we racked up a lot of points. People don't know that all those, those teams really didn't lead the league in passing. They were close, but we led it in rushing a few times. So we had a great mix. But for many years after I left the game, I was perplexed why more people didn't adopt that style. And one of the main reasons is, in order to run that style of offense, you have to cut your playbook way back to about 50% of what it was. And I think there was a reticence on the part of some coaches uh, to do that. But, uh, not, yes, uh, the pendulum has swung toward offense, and uh, it'll be up to defensive coaches over the next few years to devise methods to cope, and then the pendulum may begin to swing back and temper the great yardage that's being rung up. Marv Levy, former Buffalo Bills coach, Kansas City, of course, as well. Uh, coach, you also have to have a great quarterback like Jim Kelly to run that offense, too, and he was special. Well, he sure was. Uh, Jim Kelly was a unique leader, tough as, uh, you know, a lot of people. He could have, uh, Penn State tried to recruit him to be a linebacker. You know how those linebackers, good, how good those linebackers at Penn State are. Uh, he was tough, tough-minded, great leader, team-oriented guy. Uh, high character. Uh, I've had a chance to visit with him this current weekend uh, at a few events, and uh, uh, boy, what a what a great guy, a great leader, and it sure did take a quarterback like him. And coming into this game, there's two pretty darn good quarterbacks from the Lockhorns too, and Eli Manning and Tom Brady. You know, one thing I've always enjoyed about you, Coach, is is that you're a lover of history and you're interested in a lot more than just football. Where did that come from, and uh, how did you get involved in, and become so interested in that? Well, actually, yes, I guess so. I guess I was involved in history. Even as a young boy, uh, I realized my father uh, had been a Marine in World War I and fought in an iconic uh, a Marine battle. It's called the Battle of Belleau Wood. It's still celebrated by the French government because supposedly it, it stopped the, uh, the uh, German Army advance on Paris back in 1918. So I got enamored with history. And then growing up as a 16-year-old uh, uh, I, I would listen. World War II broke out, and I would listen to the speeches of Winston Churchill, and I was captured. And uh, by mid-war, I was old enough to enlist in the Army Air Corps and serve. So I, I became a history major in college, and uh, history and English major in college, and uh, it, it's always intrigued me. That's been my subject. Everybody has a field, I guess, that intrigues them. Some for some it's technology, for some it's physics, math. Uh, for me, it was history. Coach Marv Levy, former Buffalo Bills, Kansas City coach, right here on Sold Out Sports Talk on AFR Talk. It's, uh, we are having the opportunity to be here in Indianapolis for Super Bowl 46, and he said it. There'll be two great teams, two offenses with two great quarterbacks. Should be an excellent football game. And coach, before I let you go, I'd obviously like to hear your feelings about the game and, and, and how do you feel it's going to go? Well, uh, I think it's very, I think they're two very evenly matched teams. Um, I'm predicting the winner, heck. I got a 50% chance of being right, and I don't really have any strong feeling that, that one or the other is the winner. A key factor will be the health of uh, Gronkowski, the, the Patriots tight end, who is such an integral part uh, of their offense. So I'm going to watch the game with interest. Uh, and uh, also, uh, uh, you know, I'm here in, uh, in town, and I have talked to you about it, too, and you expressed interest before. 
Uh, I'm here also, and I'm going to several book signs to promote a novel I wrote called Between the Lies that is uh, just out. And uh, I got a couple of book signings tomorrow, in fact, uh, here in Indianapolis that I'm looking forward to. But it was a, a work of joy, the first novel I ever wrote at the age of 85, and uh, called Between the Lies, as I say. And uh, uh, I, I, it's football-based, but it's about a lot more than football. Well, I got a feeling that with your background, the name between the lines, that we're going to hear a lot more in football in that book. A lot about your evolution as a man, and and also your experiences working with men. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you in terms of the book is, first of all, uh, how much is it? Where can they get it? Is there a website that they need to go to? Because I know our fans here are right right in line for this kind of book. Yes, well, I'll tell you, it's, it's available in, in uh, local bookstores right now, the Barnes & Noble and so on. It's available on Amazon.line, uh, uh, Amazon.com, I should say, and on uh, all, all, many of the uh, uh, iPad and Kindle and Nook uh, uh, releases. So, And it's between the lies, L-I-E-S, because it's about a legendary sports writer who uncovers that his hometown team coach has orchestrated a massive cheating plot in order to win the Super Bowl game. But can he divulge it? Is his evidence really accurate? Uh, there's a, the agony of that decision is there, plus a lot more of the inner workings of uh, coach, general manager, owners on teams, and uh, there's some love stories involved, some humor. And uh, again, for a person who loves football and who likes to read i think it's a pretty darn good combination between the lies with our author we have with us marv levy and marv how much of the story some of the stories that you did in this were from your own experiences well i, I tell you and there are no actual events but they're from my experiences really in relating to owners and general managers how the inner workings are the characters in the book uh, roman are primarily uh, composites of people I knew in the league. I mean, I don't have one guy identified as, let's say, Bill Parcells or something, uh, but uh, I, I might have a coach, uh, not the one who's guilty, by the way, <laughs> who has some of the qualities I thought I saw in Bill, let's say, but combine them with uh, other qualities, too. So if you're a football fan and you want a really good story and you want to get it from the perspective of somebody that's been in about every area of the league, then this is something that a football fan's really going to love. Well, I hope they do, uh, Roman, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity for several things. One, to talk about the book, to talk about the Super Bowl, to visit with the people here, to visit with you, to remember uh, that senior bowl game in 82, and your father with the Rams when I was a one-year assistant with the Rams back in 1970. Uh, quarterback on our team and a man who I have great regard for. That's the beautiful thing about the National Football League is, is there's ties. It doesn't matter what the generations are. You have relationships, and it's just a wonderful camaraderie of people, so many different lines that connect the stories. And, Coach, uh, you'll always be a part of my history, and I so much appreciate the opportunity that I had just in that short time with you. And uh, appreciate Between the Lies. Please go out and get this book from Coach Levy. Uh, you're going to enjoy it, and you can get it everywhere books are available. And do that and support him because uh, I tell you what, he's got a platitude of experience in the NFL, and if this is about that, then it should be a great book. So, Coach, I appreciate you coming in. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to have you on Sold Out Sports Talk, and uh, you, be, you be good. I'll look forward to visiting with you soon. 
Me too, uh, Roman. Thank you very much. Great to talk with you. My best to you and all your great listeners, too. Coach Marv Levy, former Buffalo Bills coach, Kansas City Chiefs, and his new book, Between the Lies. Get it out there. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III on AFR Talk. Podcasts of this program are available at AFR.net. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week for Sold Out Sports Talk. Now I'm a sold-out believer.